welcome to the best practice podcast this is bastian west and today we are gonna do really some basic groundwork because my plan is to just um, go with you through a number of board of appeal decisions on um, ai related patent applications so that we all uh, just get a feeling of how the boards of appeal think about these types of patent applications okay so uh, this is actually not my idea but the other day i was asking on linkedin what which topics you want to see uh, next and uh, one of my listeners or viewers in case uh, he was watching the youtube version i don't know um, achim tappe hello achim uh, he commented on linkedin um, that it would be nice to see a showcasing of some ai related patent examples from your database um, the database is probably europeansoftwarepatents.com which is uh, one of my other side projects um, it's a little database i'm running together with some colleagues at badele and in uh, our mission is to provide you with um, concise and actionable summaries of virtually all board of appeal decisions which concern european software patents we are adding a new entry every tuesday so it's worth um, checking europeansoftwarepatents.com and um, achim tappe you wished for it so um, here we go today we will just go through uh, some ai related examples before we dive in though um, there was uh, a fewer question this was actually from a viewer because it came in uh, via the youtube comments um, to which i'm still owing a, a response um, this one came from simon van mierlo i think he you are dutch so uh, that's probably the right pronunciation simon van mierlo um, your question was hi bastian thanks for the video i have a question you seem to argue especially in your fifth argument that ai in itself should be considered technical so this refers back to uh, my previous um, um, episode where i was giving five reasons why machine learning should be considered technical and therefore potentially patentable so yes any improvements to ai will then automatically be technical as well he states however how do you consider ai to be different from programming i would consider that any program also makes the computer a more powerful machine irrespective of whether that program brings about a technical effect but programming techniques in and of itself cannot be patented but are considered the art of the programmer how are more efficient algorithms data structures etc without a direct technical effect in a technical domain different according to you so let's unpack this step by step mm, yes my point was um, um, to make the argument in favor of machine learning being something technical therefore it enters any improvement in a machine learning technique therefore uh, enters the uh, inventive step assessment um, you are asking how could this be different from programming well uh, i'm not making the argument that um, any generic computer program uh, um, should be considered technical probably not um, you are right programming techniques in and of themselves cannot be patented because they are uh, considered the art of the programmer yeah we can call it that way um, my point was 
just that the effect of machine learning, which is the ability of the computer to learn by itself, to adapt its behavior based on learning experiences, this effect should be seen as a technical effect. That's different from a generic computer program or from the act of programming. Um, it's really the ability to learn without being programmed to do so, which makes a technical effect and therefore makes machine learning technical so that it enters the, the um, inventive step assessment. So this way, that's, that's my argument, we don't have to change the, the legal framework. We can apply the convict approach, but we just um, work on this uh, notion of what is technical and what is not technical. And uh, machine learning techniques and any improvements thereof, if they are considered technical, they enter the examination of inventive step. And then the question is just, uh, would it have been obvious for the skilled person, for an AI uh, uh, guy, um, to modify the existing uh, machine learning techniques to come up with this new solution. I think that would be uh, an elegant solution. So I hope this answers your question, uh, Simon van Mierlo. Let me know um, if not. Other than that, um, this is still a brand new podcast. It's only the second episode today. So um, in case you're new here, my name is Bastian Best. And uh, this podcast is kind of my creative outlet to explore the possibilities and the limits of uh, the European patent system for digital inventions on a more deeper level, uh, as this is possible in my day-to-day -day patent attorney job. Um, but then I always tie it back to very practical and actionable tips for you to implement uh, or to tell your patent attorney to, to implement. As I said, it's still a brand new project, so I need your help. Um, it would be really great if you could share uh, this podcast with your friends, with your colleagues, um, talk about it on social media, talk about it uh, uh, in person or in your next uh, Zoom meeting with your colleagues probably. Um, in case you're a, a returning subscriber, it's the second episode, so I can say that now. Um, thanks for sticking around. That really means a lot to me. Uh, maybe if you want to really help me out, give me a, a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars would be nice. And if you really want to help me, uh, it would be um, um, terrific if you could write a short uh, review on Apple Podcasts. Okay. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's uh, episode and let's talk uh, through some uh, Board of Appeal decisions about um, artificial intelligence. Um, to this end, in order to, to get material for this episode, what I did is um, I did a, a quick search in the European uh, Board of Appeal decision database. Um, I was using the, the keywords artificial intelligence or machine learning. Um, this resulted in 33 hits. Actually, most of them were false positives um, because uh, many of those decisions do not really concern the inventions underlying those decisions do not really concern AI. 
but um, AI or machine learning or artificial intelligence, these terms just occur in the title of a prior art document. Um, but the decision isn't really relevant to, to uh, this topic. So there were uh, about 14 decisions remaining. Uh, plus, I had some from the European uh, Software Patents Knowledge Base, europeansoftwarepatents.com, uh, which didn't include terms like artificial intelligence, but were still uh, relevant to the topic. Um, so in total, then, we had something like, like um, 16, 18 decisions, maybe. And uh, for this episode, here I just picked um, 10 of them, which uh, the 10 which I considered um, interesting. So uh, it's not an exhaustive uh, list. And uh, we're just going to go through uh, this uh, list of 10 decisions now in chronological order. Uh, we are about eight minutes in, so let's take maybe two minutes uh, uh, for each decision. Uh, then we will end up at, at half an hour roughly. That's my goal for, for uh, an episode like this. Okay, so without further ado, let's go through the decisions. Um, number one, it's a decision from uh, 2011. Uh, actually, this one would have been interesting because um, it was about a method of resolving conflicts in a railway traffic system. So there's an inherently technical context there. Um, it was an op uh, opposition appeal. And the opponent brought in new prior art, two new prior art documents on the appeal stage. Now, the patentee argued that these documents um, concerned the field of AI. And the patentee said, I'm quoting, a person skilled in the art in the field of railway technology is not familiar with the field of AI. And therefore, it would not have been obvious for this skilled person to take into account E5 and E6. Those were the, the two documents. So the filing date was uh, in July 2003, so 17 years ago. And interesting question. I mean, 17 years ago, um, a, a person skilled in the art of, of railway technology, would he or she uh, been equipped um, to, to employ AI technologies? Um, unfortunately, this question was not answered uh, by the Board of Appeal because um, the two documents were not part of uh, the first instance proceedings. They were brought up um, only in the appeal stage and the, the Board eventually decided to remit the case back to the first instance. And uh, on first instance, the examining division then revoked the patent for added subject matter. So no decision on, on this question. By the way, each and every decision I'm citing here, um, I'll put a link into the relevant decision into the show notes, if you're listening to the podcast, and uh, into the YouTube comments, if you're watching the, the video version of this podcast, okay? So, uh, number two. Uh, this one is from 2012, and uh, the invention concerns um, the, a method for classifying an activity state of a driver. So um, the idea was to um, uh, sense, to take pictures of the driver in the car, in his cockpit, and uh, then to do some image recognition to figure out whether the driver is drowsy or distracted, and then to issue a warning, for example. So claim one 
um, in this case differed from the, the closest prior art only by the specific types of statistical classifier defined in the claim. So the claim speaks of a, a C4 plus 5 ripper or quadratic classifiers. Now the board um, said that the expression quadra quadratic, how do I pronounce this in English, quadratic classifier, that expression uh, used in the claim uh, designates a broad class of such classifiers. And uh, the board then went on to say, I'm citing, hence the use of one of these specific types of known statistical classifiers in the method of D2 would be obvious to the skilled person. Uh, so that's a clear statement according to the Board of Appeal in 2012. Um, once you already have the idea of using machine learning to perform some, some technical activity here, classifying the activity state of the driver, then uh, uh, just selecting among uh, different known types of statistical classifiers is obvious was obvious at the priority date um, around 2012. The board also said, and this often happens in um, uh, computer implemented uh, patent applications, the board said, neither the application nor the appellant submissions contains any indication that the, speci that the specified types of statistical classifier claimed have any advantages compared to other known types. So in the application, yeah, there's only so much you can do. If it's not in the application, it's not in there. It should be in there. Um, in the appellant's submissions, I really don't understand what the representative um, did here. But anyway. Number three. This is also from 2012. It's a method about classifying and linking data records. Um, here the board said the application may disclose a robust algorithm which is immune to variations in the number of classes to be recognized. So the application was really to, to take data records, any kind of generic data records containing fields according to the claim, and to classify those data records into different classes. Um, the board says, this may be a valuable mathematical property of the algorithm, um, the, the, the immuneness against variations, and would imply technical benefits when used for a technical purpose. So here we have this notion of uh, the, the EPO approach that machine learning is per se considered to be a mathematical um, activity and it only becomes technical, so to say, if you use it uh, for a technical purpose in a technical application. But the board here said, however, claim one is not limited to any technical application of its classification method. So in the end here, um, the, the classifier, the classifying algorithm was considered to be non-technical. The board also said that according to the description, the data records are classified for the non-technical purpose of billing. So even worse in this case, uh, not only was there no technical application disclosed or claimed, but the description even uh, mentioned uh, non-technical non uh, purposes. Okay, moving on, number four. Um, this one was about graphical user interfaces um, in some sense. The problem 
according to the application was that uh, there may be not enough space on a screen for example on a smartphone uh, to present all the the information that is to be presented and therefore uh, an aim of the invention was to to rank the information so that the most important and perhaps the most interesting uh, information can be presented the solution was to provide a better ranking by taking account of uh, users reactions and then using machine learning to find out what sorts of information the user responds to um, the claim uh, the, the patent claim uh, though didn't include any particular method of machine learning it just uh, said use machine learning to find out what information the user responds to and uh, also in the description there was uh, no no particular way of, of doing that using machine learning um, and the board said rather machine learning as such is presented as known in the published application and it is left to the skilled person to implement it in any way that works thus no inventive step can derive just from the use of machine learning so that's a classical example of um, yeah the notion uh, that if you have a certain problem in the prior art and if the solution is just to say well uh, use machine learning to solve it that doesn't do the trick um, here the board did not really state whether this is technical or not um, because they said in any in, in any case it's not inventive moving on number five uh, this one is about uh, clarity, especially of the term artificial intelligence routines, which occurred in the claim. Um, again, every decision I'm, I'm mentioning here, I'll put a link into the show notes so that you can uh, um, yeah, read uh, the, the actual decision and the claim if you're interested in, in that. Um, now, the board said in this case that the expression artificial intelligence routines has a well-known meaning per se. The description gives two examples of such routines, namely a rule-based expert system and a neural network. Therefore, this expression is not broader than justified, contrary to what the division has argued in the decision. So that's a positive um, decision in terms of clarity. Uh, according to this decision, it is uh, safe to use uh, an expression like artificial intelligence routine because uh, the person skilled in the art knows uh, what that is. Um, on the merits, the only difference uh, of the claim to the prior art uh, in this case related to the, the type of input, not really about AI um, as such, so the rest of the um, case is not really interesting. Uh, moving on, next up uh, we have three cases about classification methods, one prominent um, use case of, of machine learning techniques. Um, and number six is about classifying text documents and maybe you might uh, have guessed it already. Um, the board said classification of text documents is certainly useful as it may help to locate text documents with a relevant cognitive content but in the board's view it does not qualify as a technical purpose whether two text documents in respect of their textual content belong to the same class of documents is not a technical issue so that's a pretty clear statement according to this board and and other boards as we will see in a second um, classifying text documents 
based on on the content based on the cognitive content uh, therein um, yeah is is a non-technical activity and uh, does not even enter the inventive step assessment number seven is uh, not about text documents it's about digital image processing which is traditionally a more technical um, application domain and in particular this case was about a method for improving an image classifier by training it with a set of color images which uh, represent a recomposed version of an exemplar image so the, the overall problem is that if you want to train a semantic classifier according to the application you need lots and lots of training data lots and lots of images which are labeled for example there's an image with i don't know a scene with a, a lake and uh, the, the sun setting over the lake you have to label uh, the the image in order to train uh, your algorithm now in order to increase the diversity of the training exemplars you want to have a diverse uh, set of um, training data in order not to to um, to uh, over specialize the network um, the the idea was to take an input image a training image and to to make copies which are slightly uh, variated in terms of uh, the cropping of the image or the lighting uh, parameters and then you kind of multiply the the training data um, here interestingly the board did not even put into question whether this um, training a color image classifier whether this was technical according to the board uh, it was uh, implicitly because the board just compared the the claimed feature combination with the prior art on record to identify whether there was an inventive step or not and in this case there was uh, inventive step acknowledged so um, training a, a color image classifier um, qualifies as a technical feature uh, here in this case um, and the third uh, classification case is uh, a more prominent one from 2015 um, spam classification um, here we are really to really talking about a, a spam filter so consider your email client and if a new email is coming in this invention proposes to apply uh, a machine uh, learning um, a, a neural network or I think it was a support vector machine I'm not sure some kind of machine learning technique applied to the incoming email in order to figure out whether it is spam or legitimate uh, email and then put it into your inbox or in in the spam folder um, and it works pretty well uh, let's assume that it, it's the perfect spam filter nevertheless the board uh, concluded that I'm citing the classification of messages as a function of their content is not technical per se in this regard it is immaterial whether the messages are electronic messages because even though an email has technical properties it is the content of the email that is classified and therefore this was considered to be a non-technical uh, difference over the prior art no inventive step in the end that's an interesting case i think and it really shows hmm, that there are some 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 cases right in in the middle in the on the borderline between what should be considered technical and what should be considered non-technical i think i mean um, overall it's a spam filter that's a really a useful 
tool of modern modern IT infrastructure, I have my doubts whether this uh, an improvement in such a spam filter should really be excluded from patentability. But the Board of Appeal takes the approach that what is really looked at in by the spam filter is the content of the email, and this is a highly subjective uh, criterion in the end, not a technical one. Uh, lastly, we have two um, decisions concerning sufficiency of disclosure. So the, the whole um, question of how to provide a disclosure of the machine learning or the AI um, uh, invention that um, can be understood by the skilled person to an extent that the skilled person could realize uh, the invention. Uh, so number nine, decision number nine. Um, concerns a, a monitoring system to monitor the alertness of a driver. Again, uh, we had a similar invention already, and uh, to issue a warning if it is determined that the driver is distracted uh, for a sufficient period. So here, um, the board said the following. In particular, the, the original application does not teach how to derive from said metrics of interpoint metrics a lookup table classification of the driver's attention state. Such a lookup table classification permitting to decide on the driver's attention state. So the claim here um, included certain uh, yeah, specific um, features. So the overall goal was to, to figure out the driver's attention state. Um, and this was based on a lookup table classification in the claim and the, the lookup table classification in turn was said to be derived from a, a, a matrix of interpoint metrics. And that's it. The uh, application did not disclose how to do the derivation and the board eventually said that uh, therefore um, this um, invention is insufficiently disclosed. And the last one it's uh, a method of determining cardiac output. Uh, cardiac output is the, the amount of blood pumped through the heart per time unit, usually per, per minute. And uh, here the, info, the um, invention was really about um, transforming the, the blood pressure curve measured at the periphery, for example, at the, the, the wrist, the pulse, transforming that into the equivalent aortic pressure and the invention, the only characterizing feature in the claim was really that this is done, this transformation is done um, by the aid of an artificial neural network, the weighting values of which are determined by learning. So I've already talked about this um, case in, in more detail in a video uh, on my YouTube channel. I'll put a link um, somewhere here in case you're watching uh, the YouTube version. If you're listening to the podcast, please uh, feel free to head over to my YouTube channel to check out uh, uh, the video. It's the first one uh, on my channel. Long story short, just here the summary, the application, the Board of Appeal ruled that the application did not disclose um, which input data is suitable for training the, the artificial neural network so that it really uh, ha makes an accurate transformation from the pulse measured at the wrist to the equivalent aortic pressure. And the board said, hence the training of the artificial neural network cannot be reproduced by the skilled person and the person skilled in the art therefore cannot carry out the invention. So also here 
the invention was found to be insufficiently disclosed. As far as I know, these two last decisions are the only decisions which explicitly deal with um, the question of sufficiency of disclosure of AI-related um, inventions, and both of them have a negative outcome. So um, I think it's, it's fair to say that um, it's really important for an AI-related um, invention to really disclose in detail how it works in the application as filed in order not to run into uh, problems later on. So, we are through with uh, the 10 um, decisions. Again, um, I'll put links to each of these decisions and for, I think, four or five of them, there's also an article on europeansoftwarepatents.com. I'll put links into the show notes and into the YouTube um, comments so that you can do some further reading if you're interested. Uh, other than that, there's no real wrapping up uh, message here. This was really just, as I said, uh, some basic groundwork going through um, decisions to see how the boards of appeal think about these kinds of things. I hope you found value in this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Um, what do you think? Um, does it make sense to, to make these kinds of uh, basic case law reviews? And if so, uh, let me know which topics would be interesting uh, next. Uh, I could do that similar uh, formats for, let's say, I don't know, blockchain, fintech, anything. Let me know which topics would be uh, interesting to you. Also, please do me a favor and if you uh, found value in this um, episode, um, subscribe to the podcast and to the YouTube channel. Then please go uh, tell a friend and or a colleague uh, who is involved in AI and machine learning innovation. And finally, please leave a comment, send me a message, let me know how you found this, this information and what you want me to cover in the future. Uh, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.